This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, Kai. Wow, you know, we have done some work on that. Uh, I guess it's a dated yes guy. It must be from before technology got upgraded. It sounds like it's scammed from 10 or 15 years ago. So we recorded a new one this morning. <laughs> You'll be able to hear it tomorrow. I mean, it does take time to, to process this stuff, so it's top flight. There are reports circulating now that he's not going to play, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, to me, I, I would just back off until game time, and then you'll know for sure. Iguodala will play, but Hurt, uh, KD, no, and Looney gone for the series. And, of course, the Raptors have their own aches and pains. Coming up in the broadcast, uh, we will have Leo Routens at 1040 at 11, Paul Jones, and at 1040, uh, or sorry, 1140, Steve Simmons will stop by. In the meantime, we've got all kinds of sound as literally everybody spoke yesterday, but let's go top drawer now. Akil Augustine works for NBA TV and also is involved in Jurassic Park on the stage. And the last time we had him on, he needed a, some sort of a larynx transplant. Akil, you okay? I'm great now. I'm back. Oh, yeah. With yeah. gusto. Y'all set? I'm ready, man. I'm stoked for tonight. Uh, this is pretty exciting stuff because of the opportunity that sits there. And, you know, we could go down the road of who's not at 100% for the Warriors. But really, we, I mean, that, and that's, that's something we're talking about. But really, as the Raptors say, and I think everybody understands, you have to do your own job, take care of your own business first. Listen, the very first championship the Warriors won, they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie Irving out. Kevin Love out. I don't think people mention that. you got to yeah. play who's put in front of you. So, you know, I think that series would have been different if those guys were healthy, but they weren't. So, tough noogies. Well, I, I like the way you said that because, you know, when we're, if we're talking, then let's do the math here. What would that be? A week and a half from now? Uh, on, the, on the Monday after the, the Game 7, if it does go 7 and, and the Raptors happen to be the champs, we're going to trot that out because not everybody wins, you know, head-to-head with everybody healthy. I mean, that's part of the game. Yeah, man, it's who lasts the longest, who has the most soldiers at the end of the day. Daenerys lost two dragons and still slayed King's Landing, right? So those warriors lost two of their dragons. Hopefully they've got Drogon ready to go. You know, you just, I mean, you open the Game of Thrones stuff, and uh, (laughs) wow. That's another segment, isn't it? I mean, we could talk about how bad Season 8 was for the rest of time. (laughs) You know, I have to say, now that we're, we've sort of segued off that, I mean, very few shows know how to go out with any kind of class. A lot of those last shows, it's I watched Veep a week and a half ago. It was the final show. It's like, ah, come on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think, yeah. I think the only one I really liked was Seinfeld. They went out five thousand and put them in jail. Like, oh, I, I didn't like that show. Larry no. Sanders was my favorite uh, final show. You didn't show. like Seinfeld? I, I liked Seinfeld. I didn't like the final show. I, that was oh, okay. awful. Larry Larry Sanders was my best final show because at the end of it, you realized that they'd wrapped up all the characters, and actually Breaking Bad was pretty good, too. There was nothing left to do. Nothing left. It was all done. Okay, all right. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, So what do you think happens tonight? We win. Okay. And, is it? I mean, I I think we're always going to be probably a five-point sway in a win or a loss, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's going to be tight, but we win. I think um, mentally... Kawhi's done a great job of teaching these guys how to be ready for this moment. He's hungry, he's thirsty, he's ready to go back to Golden State where they tried to take him out. Zaza Pachulia, the assassin that they used uh, a couple years back to take out his ankle and quad. But, um, yeah, you know, I think health is a major issue in the series. And the Raptors, um, you know, they've had this spell of injuries. um, Kyle's thumb, Kawhi's quad, Pascal's calf. Uh, But, you know, Fred's jump shot was hurt for a few games. 
So I think they've they've survived their spell of injuries, and now it's the Warriors' turn, or it has been their turn ever since the midway point of that Houston Rockets series when KD went down. And I think the Raptors just have more in the tank at this point. Uh, a couple of doors you opened with what you just said. I, I want to go down the one with Kawhi's leadership, not just you know how he mentors everybody, but how he leads on the court. It, it's sort of zen-like, really. I mean, and I can't recall. Maybe you can. can. Can you compare the way he leads that team on the court in the heat of battle to anybody else? Okay, so the word I would use is Popovichian. Hmm. I think it's Popovichian how he yeah. how he carries himself. Yeah. And yeah, I can remember one individual who's done that. Or two actually, two in recent history. One is um, LeBron Ramon James. I'm not sure you heard of him, <laughs> but I believe the way that he carried Cleveland for the better part of what eight years, going to the conference championships in the finals every year. Yeah, but he, he was, was. I mean, he was just that. I mean, he was just a beast, right? And, he, and I mean he, that in all the positive ways. I mean, he, such a physical force. But Kawhi sort of quietly does it. Well, well, my argument is this: I think LeBron is the bad guy for a lot of people. So even no matter what he does, I think he's going to catch more slings and arrows than anybody else. And so the way he carried himself just being jovial, I compare it to Kawhi because it's hard for the average human being, even the best superstar athlete. We saw Kyrie Irving struggle with it this year. LeBron did something that like that anyone can do. And the other guy is Kobe, man. I think we remember Kobe during his rape trial. I think we remember Kobe when the Lakers had Odom and Gasol and just the amount of things swirling around him and the fact that he was able to lock in, game in, game out. He had that crazy 40-point stretch that only – James Harden and Michael Jordan have been able to replicate. So, but I think the reason why Kawhi stands out is because in this age of social media, um, self-aggrandizement, personal brand, um, and image, he's a guy that kind of puts all that stuff on the back burner and kind of just puts the task at hand um, as, as the primary thing. I'd almost even add another adjective and say Churchillian in the way that uh, Winston Churchill led not only just England but America into war and the way he stoically led people. I'll, I'll, it's Churchillian. It's wow. like Seneca. He's the Seneca of basketball. That is, I mean, that's historic. I mean, that's, that's going back. Yeah. You're listening to Raptors Shoot Around. Jim Taddy with you till noon. Akula Augustine is with us uh, from NBA TV and, of course, Jurassic Park. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Freddie V's story is great. There's five good games of offense there after he was a little sketchy in terms of con- uh, contributing that way. But do you see his role changing as the series moves on? Well, I mean, if Kyle Lowry's role doesn't change, it's going to have to because we need points from Kyle. We need points from that point guard position. We need points from distance. We need three-point shooting. We need people to knock down open shots. I think the Toronto Raptors could be up 2-0 if they knock down open shots. They're absolutely abysmal shooting open shots, and that's exactly the same. They're hitting the tougher shots. And I think if a guy like Freddie V, who's going to get a lot of opportunities on kickouts from the attention that Golden State puts on both Siakam and Kawhi, I mean, he's the kind of guy, he's like a swing state. He's like Ohio or Florida. You know, he can really win you an election if you get him. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting. Uh, I think if, if you did like a, a word association or just a thought as to how the Raptors look when they don't win, and it would be missing open shots. You can go back through all the playoff rounds and, and when they struggled, certainly not in the first round, but second and third. In those games where you are a little disappointed, it was just drop the shot. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's a make or miss league. Everyone says the team scores the most points. Like everyone says, Raptors do such a good job defensively. They do a great job moving the ball. They did, uh, Nick Nurse is doing a great job, um, you know, running plays at timeouts. They're winning most of the categories. It's just sadly on some nights they don't make their open shots. 
Yeah, uncontested too. Some of them, it's hard to believe, but that just sort of a, it, I guess it's sort of a, a tell as to which way the thing's going to lean. I, I would be a little concerned about Cousins just because he made such a big impact in Game Two after not playing much in Game One, and of course after being out for an extended length of time. This is a big man. Yeah, I think when they have so much wealth of talent that like it hurts them sometimes because they can't exploit that. And I think when a guy goes down like Clarence AD, you see. That's a lot to be staff. Um, you get big games from Andre Iguodala. I think, you know, DeMarcus Cousins is next in line. He's, you know, he's better than Quinn Cook. Quinn Cook has a huge game. So if, you know, another big name who gets like 10, 20 shots a game is out of the lineup, you know, you're going to get to see the parts of DeMarcus Cousins that you saw in New Orleans and that you saw in Sacramento as the more focal point of the offense. And that's an opportunity for him. And the question is, do the Raptors have enough tape, enough knowledge, and enough scouting to take away his easier shots in the places he wants to be on the court. So, Akil, when you go back over the two games, I mean, the, the headline is that 18-0 run to start the third quarter, but, but other than that, the Raptors have a, a lot to be happy about. Is this how you saw this tracking? Um, nah. I can't say that I saw the Raptors. Cause, like, listen, basically, they've defensively done a good job each game. Yeah. They've had 109 points. That's less than their average, right? So like, that's a win right there. And the Raptors have been able to generate offense despite missing shots. And you talk about that third quarter run, it was 18-0. Even with that run, by the end of the game, if Kawhi makes that steal on that possession where Iguodala hits the three, the Raptors have the ball and are down one possession with time and a timeout. So, you know, even with that, the Raptors in whole have outplayed the Warriors through two games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's where I got to that yesterday where I thought, okay, you guys are the big champs. And it took an 18-0 run, and you had to ride that, and you almost didn't get away with it. And that's your only moment in this series so far. Yeah, so the Raptors need to capitalize now before they get more confidence. Right now, I think the Warriors are second-guessing themselves. Well, yeah, and, and because they're defending champs and because they're so accomplished, you, you tend to maybe show too much respect or defer to them because they do have the ability to, to, to steal one if you want. And the other side of the coin is this. How hard is it to win four or to go to the finals, finals four or five times? Michael Jordan only three-peated twice. He never did a four-peat. Um, and you look at that Lakers team of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, the fourth time they went, they lost to the Detroit Pistons. It's hard to play basketball for that long. We're talking two seasons every year if you add a playoffs. And they've done that for four years already. And, you know, it's one thing to be a champion, but at, at a certain point, it becomes you get disinterested. And I think sometimes we see stretches of that, or the lulls of intensity that we used to see from Golden State and the back end of their bench is not as dope as it used to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, there's a point there where you've succeeded so many times, you might not be as sharp emotionally or mentally as you have to be, and something could slip away. Now, I, I, every time we go down this road, though, I feel like I'm demeaning the Raptors, because when it, and you said it earlier, I mean, uh, just because the Warriors might not be at 100% health, the winner is the winner. You can't take anything away from somebody who wins a championship. Absolutely. Does the Spurs championship count not during that uh, lockout short season? Does the Rockets two championships not count because Michael Jordan decided to retire? You know, does like, what doesn't count? Tell me which NBA championship you know that you put an asterisk beside other than Kevin Durant's championship. Oh, I'm with you on that. Totally with you. Are, are you down at Jurassic Park tonight? I'm down at Jurassic Park every time it happens. It better not happen without me. I'm going to call the cops. Okay, well, you might have to bring your umbrella, but I hope it's okay. I hope so, too, man, because it's too important to the city. That's right. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Teddy.
Akil Augustine from NBA TV and, of course, uh, Jurassic Park. And, uh, you know, it was in the way in I was thinking, well, this is why you get in the business, speaking selfishly, uh, game day. And so we have the, the two-hour show here, a uh, bit of a break. Then the game tonight, and our coverage starts at 7. The tip is at 9, post-game after, and tomorrow quick turnaround to do the show again. But it's the events. You know, I, the other stuff is, is fine. It's great. I'm not going not gonna, to uh, uh, rain all over that. But this is special. I mean, you just feel like there's a, a buzz in the air, even though the game's in, in Oakland, that there is an opportunity here for the Raptors to step up. And we've seen them respond so many times over the course of the year, over the course of the playoffs. This is the one team, and it, probably the, the redeeming quality that may have been missing in the past was if they slip up or it doesn't work out for them, count on them coming back eventually, whether it's the next game or the game after that. The resiliency in this team is really good. Uh, centered by the, I call him Zen like Kawhi Leonard. Just because he's not demonstrative, uh, sometimes, you know, obviously a jam is, but he just has that uh, presence about him, that calm, what's the word I'm looking for, confidence, that really just resonates through the rest of the team. And you've seen the effect on other players, and certainly it would be nice for a win tonight, but uh, not the end of the series by any stretch. Coming back tied at two for Game 5 next Monday night would be really special. Coming up with the broadcast very shortly, Leo Routens from San Francisco. Paul Jones is getting ready to call the game for us tonight, along with Jack Armstrong. So Paul will be with us. And Steve Simmons at 1140. And, of course, Leafs Lunch with Andy Petrillo at noon, followed by Game Day with Matt Cause, who is burning the... I mean, he's going to put it, uh, an equal day to mine. It's going to be a... Uh, it's going to be about a 20-hour day. Not a complaint. It's fun to do. You pay for it later on. Who cares? So get the weekend off. So that's what's lined up here. And, of course, uh, Overdrive with O-Dog, uh, Hayes, and Noodles will set the table as well. And then, of course, the pregame show. So tons going on on TSN 1050 today. When we come back, we're going to hear from Kawhi Leonard as he spoke yesterday. And uh, we've got several parts of what Nick Nurse had to say. So we'll throw in part one of that. You're listening to Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, Jim Taddy with you until noon. A couple of thoughts here. Clay Thompson remains a game-time decision, so if he doesn't play, and there's all kinds of stuff starting to come out now that he won't play, but if he doesn't play, is this a must-win? Certainly an opportunity for the Raptors to cash in. You'd like to be able to take advantage of situations as they are presented. If not, then it just sort of puts you in a corner. It's like losing the first game of a, a playoff series, and then all of a sudden you have to compensate for that later on. So somebody makes it easier for you, and I'm not going to you know, disrespect anybody who's going to replace him, but there's only one Clay Thompson, so if he's out, you must win. So I'm going to say it is a must win. Kevin Durant will miss. Of course, that is confirmed. They have won. The Warriors, 32 of their last 34 when Steph Curry plays, but KD doesn't. The Warriors are the first team to win a finals game without their top scorer since the 1980 Lakers. Wow. Friday morning on First Up, Landsberg and Koliakova will be announcing a Raptors playoff keyword. Brian Hayes will then give you the cue to call during overdrive. The first person through the correct keyword will win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors in their Game 5 of the NBA Finals, courtesy TSN 1050. Game 5 is on Monday, so the way this is gapped out, uh, Game 3 tonight, Game 4 Friday, Game 5 Monday at Scotiabank Arena, Game 6 Thursday, Game 7 if necessary, the following Sunday. So uh, just over two and a half weeks for the whole series. Most of the time the series, uh, a seven-game series, will last uh, two weeks plus or minus a day. 
And because of the, it is the final, uh, they so, always stretch it out in the NBA, and there's east-west travel, so that gets in there as well. Uh, the Kawhi Leonard story from yesterday, uh, the lawsuit against Nike for the copyright infringement on the claw on a shoe, and he was asked if the lawsuit will be a distraction. I mean, it happened a long time ago. It's probably you guys are just finding out, but um, it's not a big worry of mine. It's like, I've been know about it. What does it say about your head coach that he's willing to try, you know, an unusual defense um, in, you know, with in the fourth quarter of a finals game? Uh, and can you think of some other examples this year where he's maybe done something a little surprising strategically? I mean, I guess, you know, a guy that thinks outside the box, uh, you know, he coached at a lot of different levels, um, seen a lot of different games. You know, now coach a lot of NBA games. So, uh, I mean, I really can't remember right now just on the spot of what, you know, what he has done. But, um, you know, that's just how he is. Uh, you know, he experimental, uh, you know, and, you know, a lot of times it, um, what he, you know, draws up on the board works. Hey, Kawhi, I asked Clay this. Um, I'm curious, how does an NBA player decide what a pain is, you know, acceptable to play through and what type of pain you need to sit out from? How do you sort of draw the line? Because everybody's hurt, everybody's beat up at this point in the season. How do you make that that decision? Um, I mean, right now it's possible five games left and, um, you know, about 12 days. If you could run, really, I mean, if you can't run, then you're not going to be able to play. Um, you know, that's how you pretty much measure things at this time. Um, that's all I could really say. Um, if you can't run, um, you definitely just cannot play. And to see how it goes in the first quarter, did it get worse or not? You know, you might be able to start the game off running, but then you might not be able to, you know, finish as good as you started just from fatigue and, you know, whatever is bothering you at that time. Can you can you describe your thoughts on the job Toronto did managing your your load during the season to allow you to play a 40 minutes a game and be dominant in these playoffs? Uh, and uh, we've seen you limp a few times. Are you? Fully 100%, or are you slightly compromised? Um, 100%. I'm on the floor. Um, I mean, there's no excuses. Um, er like, you know, everybody knows everyone's banged or bruised up at this moment. Um, I mean, pretty much you heard it um, before. Um, you know, coming this season wasn't, you know, feeling healthy. Uh, still was, you know, trying to get back to my old self. I mean, they seen that. They felt that. Uh, seen pictures of, uh, you know, of my body and. We pretty much just laid out the schedule and went from there. Um, you know, just pretty much, like I said, laid out the schedule, win game by game, see that things get worse or get better, and then just try to keep attacking each day. That is Kawhi Leonard as he spoke yesterday. You know, every time I listen to this guy, I come away with uh, something in a positive nature. First of all, I, I, like, I like his demeanor. I like the way he speaks. You know, we deal with a lot of sound in the various sports, and a lot of people have all kinds of words to say, and some of them, don't say much. I think you get a sincere answer out of the man, um, and he doesn't. Uh, there's no emotion there. It's just point blank. Uh, that's how he feels. You know, all the, the some of the other people, not necessarily with the Raptors, but people get into these uh, cliches or power phrases or whatever, and they actually absolutely tell you nothing. Uh, the, so they're the start of that thing. So somebody asked him about the lawsuit thing. Now that could have gone any one of four ways. 
he could have got zipped off. He could have been quiet. And, and But the answer, there's two things about that. The answer and the tone of the answer. Absolutely money. So what does he say? Well, that happened a long time ago. You're just figuring it out now. But he didn't say it the way I just said it. He said it as a matter of fact, as as that's how it happened. This happened a while ago, and you're just learning about it now. That is perfect. I mean, if you're ever in, a, in some sort of a sticky situation and somebody asks you, what about this? Well, that's happened a couple of weeks ago. You're just figuring it out now. I mean, that what a what an excellent way to get out of a lot of stuff and, and deliver it with, with no emotion on the tone, just matter of fact. I, I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Nick Nurse spoke yesterday, and he was asked about how the offense can get going. Every time we talk about the Raptors and, and it doesn't work out, we're talking about missed shots. So here's Nick Nurse on that. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're trying to play as normally as we can, Doug. I think you just it's always a game um, of rhythm a little bit, and you got to watch what's happening. You know, we... We've we've got, as you know, we talk a lot about our shot spectrum, the shots we're trying to get. Um, you know, we got to get a certain amount of paint touches. Um, we got to get the ball side to side. You know, those are things you just got to keep an eye on. I think we just had some lulls in those three areas in game two. You coached in the D League or G League, whatever it was called then. Uh, could you give us a, a sense of what that's like coaching there and also how that has become a springboard, a legitimate springboard for this league? Because, like, the Warriors have a couple guys that... Yeah, um... You know, the, the biggest thing I always say is getting the head coaching experience. And the, and the uh, interesting thing about um, the G League is that, you know, one, one of the things about being a head coach is you got to, you know, get up in front of the team and run the team, right? Um, but you're trying to always, as a coach, develop chemistry, um, define roles, get guys to play their butts off. And in the D League, you got so much change or you know, in personnel, guys coming and going, that you end up having to do that probably much more than you would at this level or most levels, you know, where you got your team kind of from start to finish. And you can, once you get those roles developed or or uh, some chemistry built that kind of goes to the end of the year, but you're kind of always getting that disrupted in the D-League. So I thought it was a good, it's a good chance to work at those skills maybe more than you would any place else in the world. And the other thing I always say, everybody that's been in the D-League is a little better off for it. It's a really great place and really great people. And and the players just, man, they play hard and and uh, really enjoyed my time there. I'm sure you heard that Kawhi filed suit against Nike yesterday. And I know the, the, the their, their disagreement has gone on for a while, obviously. Speaking broadly, not about that specifically, but broadly, how do you... How have you guys learned to manage noise? I mean, you've had it from day one. You know, is he staying? Is he going? All those things yeah. and all the other things that go on from day one to a finals game three. How has this team learned to manage noise and things of that nature when it just seems like it never stops these days? I learn a lot of things when I come to these press conferences. You guys tell me a lot of things. So a lot of times I don't know about much of the noise until somebody asks me a question about it. A lot, a lot of times. So again, I'm... And it's it's not it's 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 to me it's like part of the job. Like I I love like like most people, I, I love listening to all the shows and the podcasts and the whatever and I haven't listened to a one since the playoffs have started and it's I miss it. You know what I mean? But it's part of the job to not you know, either way, if they're killing you, you know, you're gonna get pissed at somebody. And if they're telling you how great you are, then you're gonna have a Another wrong upright. So you just, uh, I think the players do the same for the most part. Um, it, there, there's enough uh, energy that's needed and concentration and focus in, in 
executing these game plans and and playing your heart out and uh, resting and recuperating and traveling and all the things. Uh, so I think there's there's enough to focus on that occupies us, and we just got to try to stay a little bit out of some of that stuff. And and like I keep saying as well, like with with all the stuff, you know, with I've got I've got a lot of questions about Drake and blah blah blah. You don't even really notice that most of that stuff's going on. You know, a lot of that's after the game, before the game, between the games, et cetera. But once the ball goes up, feels like I'm coaching in Des Moines, Iowa again, you know? That is Nick Nurse as he spoke yesterday. By the way, Arad, make sure he gets a copy of this show. He's too busy right now, but he'll want to listen to it in a week and a half's time. Nick's the best. Just putting that in there for the podcast. Uh, a couple of things there. Um, so going back to what he said about the shots not dropping, and he talked about the ball movement. It's, it's sort of like a like the shot is a bailout, right? I mean, they're, they're not working, and the, the ball's there. Just shoot it, and it's not it's not uh, dropping. It, it's like the the shot will drop if if it's the result of hard work. And, and and so I would look at that as you know, if those shots aren't dropping, then then look at the rest of the game. If if the rest of the game is there, the shots will drop. It's an interesting equation that way. Uh, he was talking about the marketplace and, and the coverage. Yeah, there's tons of coverage here. It is Toronto. But having said that, you know, and there is some stuff that's a little uh, edgy, but but most of it is pretty sincere criticism or analysis. Uh, there are other markets where it would be mean-spirited, but this is, I, I think it it sort of uh, speaks to the, the concern of the fan base, and I, I kind of, I think that the media does a pretty fair job here. It, it's not, uh, there's, I mean, there are people that, that, uh, that have a point to things that, that maybe you want to back off a bit, but nonetheless, I, I think it's uh, it's representative of, of the Raptor fan base, and, and there is a lot of concern, and there should be, and I think that that's healthy. A couple of other game notes to think about. DeMarcus Cousins clogged the paint when he played in, in game two. You remember in game one, he was coming back from injury and only played eight minutes, but as I said, because I was in the building, uh, the eight minutes that he played, you noticed every second. This is a big man. Clogged the paint. Raptors had a tough time driving on him, so you, you wonder if he'll have the same impact in game three. I, I think I would wonder if he would have more of an impact in game three. And that might be a bit of a concern, so we'll see how that story develops. The Raptors, as you know, gave up 109 points in both games one and two, lost one, won the other, as you're painfully aware. Does that mean the defense is good enough and the offense needs to step up? I, I keep going back to this. I'm pretty pretty good with the Raptors' defense. If you go back to the last, uh, when they had that 10-0 run late in the game, how they forced everybody outside, it was reminiscent of how they played against the Bucks. And, and it just seems to me that that when they do the, those little things right, when they're playing really good defense and moving the ball, the points happen. If you sort of do your analysis based on the shot didn't drop, that, that's sort of uh, one-dimensional. Yeah, the shot didn't drop. Everybody saw it. But, but what happened before? Well, there was no setup for it. I'm trying to come up with a... Uh, sort of a comparable in the game of life, but I can't right now. But I think it's if you do all the right things, eventually good will happen. It doesn't happen all the time. But if you don't do all the right things, not much good's going to happen. So another big question would be, who is the bigger X factor? And this is a dead heat for me. Mark Gasol or Danny Green? I, I think they're both relevant X factors, and you need more offensively out of both of them. I think you're okay with their defense. And then the Freddie V story that we talked about, and then we'll, we'll throw this at Leo Routens when he guests with us next. He's got the point streak. He's had really good. Uh, the last five games have been really, really good, and they needed him. But do we need more defense? Is, does his role sort of change where he uh, he ends up guarding Steph Curry like exclusively? Uh, and so that's something to watch 
as we move forward. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll have Paul Jones, who will have the play-by-play for us tonight. Uh, our coverage here starts at 7. Well, it's all day long, but formally the pregame is at 7. Matt Cos will join me in studio. Paul Jones and Jack Armstrong will have the accounts and descriptions of Game 3 of the NBA Final, live from the Oracle in Oakland, California. And after that, we will have Steve Simmons on site as well from the Toronto Sun. So up next will be Leo Routens. This is Raptor Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Metallica there, they'll do the national anthem, the American national anthem tonight in Game 3. And our coverage starts at 7 with a pregame show. Jim Taddy with you on Raptor Shootaround. Matt Cos will join me for the pregame show at 7, all live here on TSN 1050. We go to the Bay Area now and bring in Leo Routens, our TSN Raptors insider and analyst. At Leo Routens is a Twitter account. Leo, how are you? I'm great, Jim. How are you doing this morning? Very good. I, you know, I, I have to pinch myself, and I've done this two days in a row now because I actually find that the Raptors are in better shape than I thought they would be after two games. I had them with the split, but but in terms of that, just that 18-0 run void, the rest of it is pretty good, isn't it? Oh, well, no question about it. I mean, you you can look back at Game Two and realize that uh, much like you know, go back to Game One in Milwaukee, right? The Raptors did so many good things, should have won that game. And then you look at game two, if you didn't have that drought, um, they were in a prime position to come away 2-0. and So you've got to take the positives out of that. And, and you think of one area that you definitely can improve on. You know, the Raptors, I, I believe they were just over 30% uh, in open looks in game two. In game one, where they won, they were almost 50% in open looks. So something as simple as that, uh, just making your shots, changes the the course of the game dramatically. Uh, let's go inside on, on the Warriors and, and how battered they are. If Thompson doesn't play, uh, Looney is gone, Iguodala plays hurt, and KD is out. How do they, how do they fill that void? Who's going to step up there? Well, it, it's really their main guys that are still playing and obviously have to carry it. And then the bench, whoever, you know, whoever comes in at different times has to just play with confidence. And I think that's the one thing that uh, Steve Kerr is really good about. Um, his guys play loose. Uh, they, they obviously understand how they want to play, and they bring in players that uh, move the basketball. And I think, I think Cousins is a good example of that, that here's a guy that's been hurt, he comes in, um, and he's, he, he has, I think, 13 assists in two games. And he's playing Golden State basketball, and, and that's all you got to do. If a, if a cook comes in, uh, just like he did in game two, and he shoots that open shot, continues to run the floor, moves the basketball, just provide, uh, provides spacing on the floor. And that allows your main guys, that allows Curry and Draymond Green uh, to do their thing. You know, and, and that, that's what you want to create, create those situations where you have spacing. Everybody play great defense. So hopefully you can get out and run. You're at home. The crowd's going to be crazy. And the crowd's going to be probably even more lively knowing that they need to really push and get behind these guys if a Clay Thompson doesn't play and with everybody else out. So, uh, you know, I, I think it still comes down to your main guys, but the bench crew, uh, I think they're going to play loose for Golden State. They have a history of doing that. Uh, but now here's, here's one caveat to this whole thing, uh, Jim, that Golden State has played better on the road at the end of the season and in the playoffs than they have at home. Wow. So, you know, now you're down a couple of guys. Uh, and, you know, Raptors, I think, really have to try to take advantage of that because this crowd may get a little anxious uh, just knowing how it's been for this team uh, in the latter part of the season. So uh, I think it's really important for the Raptors to jump on Golden State early if they can 
and get off to a great start. Yeah, in our extensive coverage, I remember Jack saying this the other day, with Cousins, you want to make him shoot because if he distributes the ball, some pretty good guys are going to shoot. How do you go about doing that? Well, yeah, I, I, I've been a little, uh, you know, perturbed as to how the Raptors are playing uh, Cousins because, you, you know, you're out for an extended period of time. The hardest thing is to get your rhythm on your shot. And and here's the other point. Let's let's just say Clay Thompson goes tonight. I, I think he's probably going to. How much we'll see. But if Clay, you know, if if Cousins is shooting the ball, that means Thompson's not, Curry's not, Cook's not, Green's not, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I much prefer uh, Cousins shooting the basketball. Uh, and w- the way to make that happen is one, you push him out as far as you can. You don't want him near the basket. Uh, and two, if he is away from the basket, you get off him. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to contest it. You, I can get off you and still get a hand up when you shoot, but the last thing I want you to do is to have the freedom to, uh, to create for other people because I'm, worried, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to take your shot away. So Cousins has put the ball on the floor, and once he's done that, he's either gone all the way or made a really nice pass. Uh, instead, you just get off him. You keep your hands up. You try to disturb any pass he wants to make. And if he wants to shoot, I don't care if he takes 30 shots. I want him to shoot the basketball every chance he's got. So hopefully the Raptors uh, can make a little bit of an adjustment there. I mean, when you're, when you're lining up your coverage, the key to all this is, correct me if I'm wrong, get somebody out of their comfort zone, get them uh, off their strength and into something that they're not that strong at, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's where, uh, that's where same thing with uh, a Draymond Green, right? Uh, can he shoot the three? Sure. But do you want it? Does Golden State want him to be a volume three-point shooter? Absolutely not. So you want to put guys in those type of situations as you can, as opposed to, uh, you know, Draymond Green's at his strength when he's putting that ball on the floor, driving, and then kicking it to open guys or finishing in the lane. So you want to try to push uh, as many of the players that maybe you have a little bit more opportunity to do that to, uh, to their weakness, because then you've got a player like Steph Curry that, you know, he really, what's his weakness, right? And this guy, guy plays with the ball, without the ball, uses screens, sets screens, plays off of everything that's happening on the floor. So you you have your hands full with him. Don't make it harder by letting other guys play to their strengths. Uh, tell us, uh, give us a, an inside view of what happened to Siakam in Game 2 and how does he correct it? Uh, you know what? He's a young guy going through his first NBA Finals. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying, uh, you know, hey, Draymond Green, he, he made his adjustment. Okay, you know, everybody makes an adjustment. Um, I'm not going to give Draymond Green that much credit. I think Pascal Siakam, uh, the game just got away from him a little bit. Uh, I don't think he was as aggressive uh, attacking, and I think it's really important for him to do that. That You know, one of the things he does have, let's say in that Green matchup, he's got length to his advantage. So you got to be, you really got to protect the ball. Green's going to slap at it and, and try to do everything he can to bother you uh, when you have the ball. But be aggressive when you attack. Um, you continue to take your open shots, shoot them with confidence, uh, and, and try to be a bigger factor defensively. Because I think with the when Pascal really digs in defensively, a lot of things happen. One, you know that he can rebound. Two, uh, he helps you block shots and, and, and affects other people's shots, not just on his own man. But he can help the Raptors get out and run. And when Raptors get out and run, that's when he thrives in transition. So by, by the better defense he plays and the better defense the team plays, it helps his game in transition. And, and that's one of the things that uh, Golden State did a better job of 
taking away some of transition opportunities, which obviously is going to affect Pascal. This is Raptor Shootaround. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Leo Routens is our guest right now. Later on, Steve Simmons and Paul Jones will add their two cents worth on what could happen in Game 3 tonight. Our coverage starts at 7 here on TSN 1050. Uh, Leo, in layman's terms, uh, seemed the Raptors seem to get into foul trouble uh, against Golden State. Is, is that officiating? Is that uh, that the, the Warriors are, are forcing the Raptors? And, and is there a concern there? You know, I thought early, you know, early in the game, it wasn't a, a very well officiated game early on. I think some of that hurt the Raptors, but you look in every game, it's just it seems to balance out, right? Uh, and and it did balance out. I mean, hey, Kawhi Leonard got to the free throw line sixteen times, uh, so the, the free throws become a non-factor or the fouls as the game goes on, but. The Raptors want to be aggressive. Uh, they want to play aggressive, and you just got to be smart at times. Uh, the Raptors got caught reaching a fair amount. Uh, even Kyle, for example. I mean, Kyle, you love his aggressiveness. You, you love the way he gets after it. But, you know, once you once you got your fourth foul and then your fifth foul, you got to start saying, okay, am I better being in this game or reaching and gambling and then watching the rest of the game from the bench? So you have to kind of kind of put that in perspective a little bit um, and back off in certain situations. Also, you know, you see you see your teammates got a guy doing a pretty good job. He's got his guy a guy in front of him, but you're going to kind of stick a hand in and reach in there. Hey, it's a gamble, right? You get it, great, but you know you get the foul, and 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 already if you already have three or four fouls, all right, that's going to put you in a tough situation. So pick and choose when you gamble, when you reach. Don't just don't just do it consistently, uh, and you got and you got to play the referees. I mean, hey, if they're letting it go, you have got a little bit more freedom. If they're calling it tighter, back off. I'd, I'd like your take on this. Freddie V has been stupendous the last five games, certainly offensively. But but as this thing moves forward, they're going to need him more defensively, aren't they? Yeah, he's been great. I mean, you know, Nick Nurse kept saying this throughout the earlier series, and people dismissed it because he wasn't making shots. Uh, Nick was saying, hey, I, I want Freddie out there. Like, he's doing so many things out there. I don't care if he can't make his shots because he's helping us win. And, and people, people just thought there was a lot of baloney, right? And now you're seeing it again. The only difference is he's making his shots. He's a major contributor to what's happening offensively. So everybody's taking notice or more notice of what he's doing at the defensive end. But, you know, he's the same guy that was chasing J.J. Redick all over the place. Uh, in the Philadelphia 70 series and uh, 76er series, and not uh, giving him any room. And throughout the Milwaukee series, his defense was solid. And once again, we're seeing him. Uh, arguably, he's he's been the best defender uh, I've seen in a while against Steph Curry. And that's not easy to do. Uh, but the one thing you have to do, and this is what Fred does, you really mentally just you can't have any lapses, right? You got to just completely stay locked in on Curry. And understand, you know when when you can help, when you can release on them, when when uh, when you just absolutely don't allow any separation. And if you you have any any kind of lapse at all in any of those situations, the guy just burns you. So you know he's he's one of those guys that can stay locked in, and it's important to really stay locked in when he's away from the basketball because that's when he sets himself up and his teammates for all kinds of shots. And and a lot even even some of the best defenders. 
when, when a player's away from the ball, they have a tendency to, to lapse or, or fall asleep, and, and Fred just stays locked in. I find that the, a Raptors loss has a familiar pattern. Shots don't drop, which is the easy analysis, but they're not doing the little things. And at the end of the game, you want to say, we need more from a lot more players. And, and certainly based on the starters in the last game, you need more from Siakam, Gasol, Lowry, and Green. And, and, and that's a common, I guess, uh, losing analysis for the Raptors, isn't it? Oh, and, and Ibaka, too, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you definitely, you know, this is the playoffs, right? So everybody's got to do their part. And you, know, you don't have to have spectacular games, but you just can't fall off, right? You got to you know, stay with your average, um, do what you do, you do what you do normally do. Uh, but again, Danny Green, and safe Danny Green's game, it wasn't just not making shots, but he had uncharacteristic turnovers, right? Um, and, and and wasn't on defensively the way he normally is. So that that compounds the problem because now you know Nick Nurse. He rides it, right? Okay, you're not making some shots, but you're giving me everything else. I can ride that till you make some shots. But if you're not giving it at both ends or you're turning the ball over, now you put him in a compromising situation where he's got to start scrambling uh, to make things work. Uh, same thing with the Baca. I mean, be big. You know, you, you're around the basket. Uh, there's really not a shot blocking. You know, even, even Cousins, he's not a shot blocker. The guy barely gets off the ground. When you get the ball around the rim, you just got to go up strong. You don't need to rush your offense. Finish strong. Uh, and and uh, when the Raptors are doing that, and these guys are doing that, they're good. Marcus Gasol, uh, hey, early in the game, first play of the game, Cousins comes running at him, slapping at him like like you know like there's no tomorrow. Seriously, I mean, I don't care what you got to do. Put your elbow in his face. You know, put that. If a guy's gonna run at you like that, just put the ball on the floor, go to the basket. Uh, he's already compromised his defensive position, but he allowed, he, you know, Marcus Hall and other guys allowed Cousins to be the aggressor. Can't do that. Uh, CNBA Finals, guys, no time, all kinds of stuff. Um, You've got to say, hey, this is my show. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm not going to let you dictate how I'm going to play. Leo, thanks for your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Always a pleasure, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. That's Leo Routens. At Leo Routens is the Twitter account, TSN Raptors and NBA analyst. And, of course, a major part of what we do here for the Raptors. And so the anticipation that goes into this game, the opening tip, all that scene at the Oracle, and because it's the home of the champions, uh, might push you back emotionally a bit. I'm talking about you, not, not the players. Uh, and, and so you, you look for those little things. Uh, the Raptors maybe competing physically in the opening part of the game, uh, certainly controlling the scoreboard or not having to rally, and, and the absence of those runs because, you know, really that's what Golden State can do to you. They can run you in. You get a, a double-point run, a 10-0 run, or, or an 18-0 run. That's hard to come back from. You can, but you don't want to have to go to the well too many times with that one. So we'll see. With a lot of anticipation, our pregame coverage starts at 7. As we get set for Game 3 of the NBA Final, the Raptors at the Oracle. Yes, yes, guy, the Oracle has spoken. It's going to speak only a couple more times, and then it's done after a 50-year-plus run, and, and the Warriors go on to San Francisco in a new building. You're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.